It's not going to have, but all due respect to Bill Weld, not going to have a significant primary challenge. Is that's a, that's a thing that any incumbent president likes the idea of. I want to talk to Buddy. Can I ask you a question? I just call my teammates. Just say we we joking on each other. So you say something about me, motherfucker, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. And I say, okay, I'm going to draw you up. And then I'll go draw you up. And then everybody down laughing about me. Being a cartoonist, all you're doing is exaggerating somebody's vision. So again, so I so, what is it? Is it, has it become too hard for But that's what, um, that's what y'all feel. I get busy with the pen. The reality is that this is the thing we talked about earlier in the show. This big trend towards polarization. And by that, I don't mean just the, the, the divisiveness and the vilification, but the hardening of the tribalism of the politics that you start with. You know Somebody can be in a barbershop and be like, man, be. I ain't shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't like somebody that you don't know. You don't even know him. What his color? What his size? How popular he is? What? <laughs> Everybody don't like you, man. It could be one thing you say, something you do, and that's why I don't get too high, I don't get too low. I've made a billion mistakes. I've done things right a billion times. You know what I mean? I'm 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 human. And that's that. I don't read no comments. <laughs> I don't read the comments. Got too much to live for, too much love around me, too many great people's t- people around me to let the evil things override that. My love around me is too powerful. I think about my mom, the memories of seeing her cry. The memories of um, her being embarrassed that we ain't no hot water, or we, you know what I mean? We didn't, um, we didn't have no lights, you know what I mean? And her apologizing to us <laughs> for it, you know what I mean? And um, like those memories created the attitude um, that I had as far as I'm gonna take care of my mom one day, and she's not gonna have to go through this. <laughs> When you're ready to fuck up, when you're ready to do something that can take you off that path of making it, that's when you think about your mom. And it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta push through this. Gotta go to class. I gotta, you know what I mean? I got, I have to study for the SAT. You know what I mean? Like, I can't hang out with these guys all night. I can't do what they doing. You know what I mean? When they were tooting cocaine and smoking weed. I'm like, that ain't what NBA players do. So I can't do that. Hit this AI, hit this AI. No, sir, I'm going to the NBA. (laughs) Being in the wrong place at the wrong time could have cost me everything. You wouldn't be in here talking to Alan Anderson. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be no Hall of Fame ceremony for me. My mom went to John Thompson and said, can you save my son's life? And um, he gave me a chance to save my life. You know, he always say, you know, that it was because of my mom that uh, he took me. But it had to have something to do with the talent level. <laughs> it had to. It had to. I remember the first time I went in there, it was in the weight room, and I had to pass 
the football field to get to the gym. And I used to pass the field and used to cry because, like, football was my first love. I wanted to go to Notre Dame and play football and basketball. I used to walk past the football field and used to cry. So I'm thinking, like, damn, I'm going to ask coach, can I play football? I don't think on camera we can say what he said to me, um, but I got the, the message that... Um, I would never go ask him to play football again. <laughs> I always cared about what he thought. You know what I mean? I always wanted to prove to him with all my baggage that coming in, um, I wasn't a, a bad apple. You know what I mean? And um, he was so overprotective of me because he knew, you know, like people would do crazy stuff. Like, I remember we had a game against Villanova and uh, I came out on the court and there was four guys standing in the stands and they all had on handcuffs and chains and orange suits and the sign that they were holding up said Allen Iverson, the next MJ, and had MJ crossed out and then had OJ under. And I remember, I remember Coach, um, he, told, he took us all off the floor. He said, if you don't get them people out of here, you know what I mean? We forfeit the game, and just that's that's how that's how he was with me. You know what I mean? So that man saved my life, but he did a whole lot for me, as far as teaching me the game to be able to be polished enough to play with the best in the world. Anybody that know Allen Iverson know Black Jesus was it for me. I wanted to be like Mike. I remember the first time seeing him, I couldn't believe it, man. I ain't never looked at a person in my life. I don't see a million celebrities. I never looked at somebody that didn't look real. Never. Like the goddamn guy was glowing or something, man. Like I'm looking at him like doing it. I'm looking at him like, that's him. You know what I mean? I'm looking at his socks. I'm looking at his shoes. No, he got the Jordans on. You know what I mean? He got the, he got the, the knee brace on his on his shin. He got the wristband on. Like I was I was blown away. But once they did that, showtime. They gonna leave here. They always gonna know who 23 is, but tonight they don't know who number three is. <laughs>
I was just a certified sneakerhead, man. I mean, real bad with it. And um, once I signed with Reebok, they were all in. Like, everything that I wanted, you know what I mean? And then the culture just started, they just gravitated. Michael Jordan shoe first, Allen Iverson second. And it went like that for years and years and years. They gave me all the input. Like, the questions, the first shoe. Like, they didn't have the red and blue tips and stuff like that at first. Like, I added that. And it was like, all right, we'll get it done. And it was just a great relationship. They didn't try to change me for nothing. They made all of the clothes, everything, Allen Iverson style. I had input on everything. My thing was, I dressed like the guys from my neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't wear a suit to a basketball game. I never wore a suit to the park. <laughs> I wear sweatpants or jeans, sneakers, and that's who. You know what I mean? And it was like, we never seen nobody come to an NBA game or dress like this. Everybody got on a suit. Everybody's <laughs> dressed up like they're going to Sunday school. You know what I mean? And I just wore what I usually wear. I used to always say, you know, they want me to put on a suit. And the outfit that I got on right now costs way more than the suits that these guys want. Before I started dressing like that, these guys weren't doing it. They made a dress code for me looking like I look because everybody started dressing like me. I couldn't believe that they were making a big fuss about the whole thing. Like, I, I really couldn't believe it. Once they seen everybody do it guys sitting on the bench with do-rags and hats cocked to the side and mink coats and uh timberland boots and uh uh Chipotle jeans and uh tattoos from head to toe and big old chains and diamond watches and stuff like that like hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. so you want you want the you want to market the guy but not who he is you don't want him to look like what he looked like. You want him to look like somebody else. <laughs> so, what's wrong with LeBron James? He grew up off Allen Iverson. He walk around, tattoos everywhere. Got his headband on his sleeve and was dressing like whatever he wanted to dress like. He's the most popular basketball player in the whole world and he's no threat to nobody. But look at the way he looked. I took the ass whipping for guys to be who they really are. <laughs> I like responsibility. I like I like being the person. Let me do it. Let me stand out in front. Let me take the hit for it. Let me be the star of the team. All right. Let me be the franchise player. And when we're not doing well, I'll take the blame. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's that's been my life. That's who I am. I got five kids, man and a girl to take care of. Mama, dad, sister, uncle, aunt, <laughs> cousin, friend. You know what I mean? I, I have to be, I have to be the backbone of our extended family. I have to be that. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the people chose me, that I love chose me to be that guy. Living where I came up at, when you get older, you realize, like, damn, 
this is why I come from, I can come back and show them like living proof, like real flesh, that this guy is from where you guys from. So I, I really feel like there's no excuse for you to not think that you can do it. Why not? And that's anything. I ain't talking about no basketball player, football player, baseball player. I'm talking about we already had a black president <laughs> when we never thought that that would happen. But he believed it. Somebody said that he could do that. You know, just like my mom said I could be an NBA basketball player. When all the guys from my neighborhood was like, you crazy. You know what I mean? Nobody make it to the NBA from around here. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, my mom said I could. I believe my mom. So I'm going to do everything that it takes for me to fulfill my dream.
protection, but y'all think about no, marriage no. boot camp because follow us who's courtesy of twofab.com. <laughs> it's about your girl Jocelyn Hernandez. So let me just say this. I have not been watching marriage boot camp. Please let me know in the comment section what y'all think about marriage boot camp because you know, I, I gotta just watch the two or three episodes that they hear. I'm not gonna let it keep piling up. I'm gonna go ahead and watch it before, you know, I end up having ten to watch in a row. I don't, I don't want to do that, so I'm gonna go ahead and check it out. But 2Fab posted this article February 20th of 2020. And the title of the article is, Jocelyn Hernandez's boyfriend explodes on marriage boot camp exclusive video. Of course, for copyright reasons, I can't share the video here, but I can read the article to y'all and give my opinion on it. That's why you're here, right? If not, then, you know, <laughs> I don't know why the hell you're here. I told you, treat me like a king, shouts Ballistic. This is going to be my first time hearing it act like this, so this is going to be interesting. But anyways, I wondered, I wondered what their arguments were like. <laughs> anyways, a sneak peek of tonight's new episode of Marriage Bootcamp Hip Hop Edition promises an explosive argument. Two Fab's exclusive preview below begins with loving hip hop star Jocelyn Hernandez's boyfriend Ballistic flipping out at a party. Please, Lord, don't tell me that Jocelyn was up in there twerking it and working it. I'm gonna have to grab the lotion and start up. And, uh, we're told the couples participated in an exercise to test each other's loyalty and commitment during which half the partners attended a pool party of attractive people. What? So they're trying to tempt my baby Jocelyn. See, this is that nonsense. During which half the partners attended a pool party full of attractive people while the other half watched their partners on monitors. When Ballistic saw Jocelyn feed fruit to another man, he went off. I, Jocelyn, you heifer. You heifer. Pause the article. Let me, let me just say this. Listen, y'all. And I'm watching the video on mute, the video of him busting in on the party. And, ooh, he, he's, uh-oh. That dude looks scared. He looks intimidated. Listen, look like he was about to smash the keyboard on his head. You know, he's a music producer, right? Listen, bro, like, like that's not cool. Like, Jocelyn, you know better. Why is she running? Is she running from her, uh, from her man? Uh, see, I'm watching this on mute as, I, as I'm recording this, so I'm, I can't, I can't hear what's going on. I'm just looking at body language and stuff. Did he just smack the drink out of her hand? Yo, dude, is like really, really pissed. Wow, Jocelyn. I mean, why would... Anyways. Man, shut the F up. Party's over. He shouted at his bikini-clad girlfriend while everyone was hanging by the pool. I thought she had a little shorts. They didn't look like a bikini. Anyways, why are you mad? She asked calmly. What <laughs> What you mean? Why am I mad? He replied. They, they, they wrote it, you know, like a slang or whatever. Not even... <laughs> they wrote it in Piccaninny. <laughs> they didn't even write it in English. <laughs> Get the F inside, man. Get the F. Get the F over. Party the F over, man. He reiterated, then looked directly into one of the cameras and angrily said it again. He called Jocelyn a quote nut as the other <laughs> boot campers sat and sat and stared in silence. You nut. <laughs> hey, Jocelyn, you are what you eat. But uh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jocelyn does not drink the man milk. I'm sorry. I forgot. She sat down at the breakfast club. Anyways, uncomfortably laughing, Jocelyn, who was holding a champagne flute filled to the brim, asked again, what happened? Ballistic ordered her to go inside with him. Man, come on, man. <laughs> what you talking about, <laughs> Willie?
Aiden St. Willis. Let's go. What the F wrong with you, man? They actually wrote it like that. Yo, this is stupid. He asked. She then took off running ahead of him. Come here. Yo, stop playing. Yo, you think this is an effing game, man? He shouted. I'm not playing with her, man. Stupid A, dumb A. And then they said an audible, so we don't know what he said at that point. He was going ballistic. He then knocked over a, pot, a potted plant, smashing the pot holder to pieces. Once inside, ballistic got up in Jocelyn's face and yelled, What the F wrong with you? Feed us somebody fruitish. Wait, fruitish? Oh, oh, Lord, that's nasty. Remember that song, Jesus Walks Again? Hey, with some of y'all, like, what the hell is he talking about? Anyway, and then you telling an audible, don't tell nobody what we did today. Man, F all this crap, man. Ballistic then smacked her champagne food from the table it was on, shattering the glass. Are you serious? A surprise Jocelyn asked. Yeah, you effing nut, man. You're not an example. You were effing nut, he repeated, again prompting her to ask, what's wrong? You were effing nut, a word broad. That's what the F you are, he said, making his way upstairs, following closely behind Jocelyn, shouted back, are you kidding me? Don't disrespect me, ballistic fire back. I told you, treat me like a king. You don't respect me, man. This is far from the happy couple that stopped by Too Fab ahead of this season's premiere. In fact, when we chatted with Jocelyn and Ballistic earlier this month, they had nothing but good things to say about their marriage boot camp experience, even possibly letting it slip that they're engaged. I made a video about that. Did y'all see it? Let me know in the comments if you heard about my opinions on them being engaged. Marriage Boot Camp Hip Hop Edition airs Thursdays at 10 p.m. on Wii TV. That's the end of the article. Or should I say article because it's full of poop down to the last particle? Now listen, y'all. My baby Jocelyn Hernandez. Jocelyn is the ish. Ballistic is that dude. I mean, if he snagged Jocelyn, I'll co-sign him 100%. I don't know much about this brother. Other than he's a music producer and he's with Jocelyn. You know, he keeps her grounded. She's been so much better as far as her attitude, the way that she treats people, everything, you know, since she got with this dude. So, hey, man, I, I think he's freaking awesome. I mean, anybody who could tame the Jocelyn and, and help to keep her, you know, acting like a normal human being. I mean, she's so lovable now. Uh, you know, I, used to, I couldn't stand Jocelyn. Ooh, 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 let me stop my feet. Ooh, 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 ooh. My feet aren't even making any any noise because it's so little. But ain't none of y'all business. You know, they say little feet, little meat. But anyways, so Jocelyn, man, when she first came out loving hip-hop Atlanta, I was like, who is this helpful? Like, what is wrong with her? Like, she she was, ooh, ooh, she, she was, ooh, so hateable. Not even debatable, just hateable. There was nothing lovable, lovable about this hip-hop. But then she grew on me over time, man. I, I mean, I love me some Jocelyn now. Especially now that she's with this dude where she's acting like a decent person person i mean she's not even just tolerable like i really like jocelyn a lot you know i i wish that you know <laughs> you know I, I i i wish i could admit her before he did you know not so i could be with her not long term but you know what i'm saying for about a month just give me a good month but anyways shout out to jocelyn uh, shout out to ballistic beats out there uh, acting a fool on Marriage Bootcamp for BTV. Y'all could have acted a fool like this. I love it, hip-hop. 
But then again, well, I mean, they are on Love & Hip Hop Miami, so we'll see. Love & Hip Hop Miami Season 3, are they going to act the fool on there? Are they going to show up to the reunion? If so, is there going to be any beef with this prima donna, so-called prima piggy, as Jocelyn refers to her as? Which, I mean, you know, a lot of people have different feelings about that, whether or not it's acceptable for her to say that. But remember, uh, she's the same chick who was selling those shirts that said, what on them, Coquilene? Remember that? So, you know, y'all remember those shirts? I made videos about it. Just like the Meat Magazine, Coquilene, and the videos should pop up. You know, it was a t-shirt line thing. But anyways, what do you guys think about Jocelyn versus Ballistic Beats on Marriage Bootcamp Hip Hop Edition on WeTV? Have y'all been watching the show? What do you think about his explosive reaction? You think it's warranted? I think absolutely so. I mean, how do you go on TV and be sitting up there feeding him? Jocelyn, you know you would have flipped. You would have turned to the old Jocelyn in about two seconds flat if you would have saw this man feeding some woman up there, especially on TV. That's embarrassing, Jocelyn. Don't, don't embarrass him like that. Don't hurt his pride. This man has been so good to you, Jocelyn. He's currently the father of your daughter that you had with Stevie J. Because we all know Stevie J ain't about much. <laughs> I ain't going to say that Stevie J ain't crap, but he ain't about much. That's all I'm going to say. Stevie J is doing just enough to acknowledge him, but barely. <laughs> Mr. What is, what is child support? What is this What is this child support thing that you mentioned? You know what I mean? Uh, Stevie, how much does he pay her in a month of child support? Is it a thousand or fifteen hundred? Like, dude, you on TV, you make millions of dollars, you know, being a music producer and whatnot. Like, whatever, what happened to his money? Stevie J was a wild boy back in the day. Remember, he used to wear the furs and everything? <laughs> Stevie J is crazy back in the day. That dude has too many stories. We need a movie, a documentary, or something about that man. They're going to try to tell you. Stevie has some stories. Remember, he used to, he used to be with Eve, and then that tape leaked with him and Eve. Let me stop. Anyways, uh, let me know what y'all think about Jocelyn versus Ballistic. Who side do you want Jocelyn's or Ballistic's? I'm co-signing Ballistic in this particular case, which I know what y'all saying. Me, how are you not going to stick with the side of pretty? We know you love Jocelyn. You posted her more on your community mall, community wall than anybody. More than Cardi B, more than Portia. I think I posted Portia the second most and Cardi B maybe the third. But Jocelyn has been the most posted. I almost posted her again on February 19th or February 20th of 2020. But I'm going to post her again this month, Black History Month. But anyways, I love you some Jocelyn, but you, you can't do that. Jocelyn, you got to think about it like this. You would have wanted to do that to you, so, you know. But anyways, hopefully this is just for TV. I hope so. I think Jocelyn is better than that. I'm going to chalk this up to just being TV. Storyline or not. So let me know you listen all the way until the end of the video. I want you to say the following. And that will let me know, okay? Secret password to say in the comment section is Jocelyn is a flirt. Or I'll accept Jocelyn flirts. Okay? Anyways, because I know some of y'all be like, Jocelyn is a flirt. That's four words. We care about is an A or three letters. I know some of y'all are, some of y'all are hella lazy. But anyways, at least say hi to me in the comment section. All right, y'all, magnet. Click the subscribe. Now, we have Michael Ramsey, the Brit celebrity chef, who also is a big fan of massive boxing. You got more water? 
of the heavyweight championship. What's up guys, it's Bernie with two Thank Pack, and I'm here with Justin Hernandez, Hernandez the Ballistic Beast. So, guys, our all into the side. This is Mr. Stanley. How did this, on WeTV, how did this come about for you guys? Why did you choose to do this? Shit. Why did you choose to do this? 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 According to the show's description, um, Justin, you had given him a timeline of eight months to promote. Absolutely. I mean, come on. We all know I'm not going to look like this forever. I mean, I mean, this masterpiece, one day, my fault. <laughs> you know, and in saying in where, you know, I'm not going to have my youth forever. And so I feel like if I'm going to be dating a guy and we're talking about making it serious, seriously going, you know, to the next phase of the relationship, I wanted to go to the book camp to see if we were going to be able to, you know, be not just dating, but to see what we was going to do. You know, because he just kind of like popped up in my life, like I'm here, let's make, let, you know, let's be together. Kind of, it was kind of like that, it felt like that. Tell me how you guys met and how this relationship happened. Well, at the studio. <laughs> really? Yeah, we met at the music studio. Okay, so you bonded over music. Oh, of course. Of course. Like everybody else. I know. Okay, so how about the music? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess my question is, and I'm sure you can answer this, but at the end, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm assuming you left together. We left together. Okay. We left together. But, you know, a lot of things happened in the book camp that I would love for everybody to just follow the show and see it. It was just, the cast was amazing. It was. We had some of the legendary, most legendary on Styles B. That was amazing. Just, you know, learning from them too, especially Styles and Roswell and stuff. The relationship they've been together for 20 something years, 20 years or so. It was a good cast. We all came together. It was a good music. Yeah. Everybody in the house did music except uh, Stu, Bishop Lady. Yeah. Uh, so we was all we, we all bonded musically. We bonded. Absolutely. And when you bond that way, it's pretty cool because we really, it was a cool cast to spend two weeks with. We had to live in the same house. I didn't wake up every day and use the same bathroom. It's not the same bathroom. We have, you know, different bathrooms, but we can smell your stuff. If you want to go take a number two, we could potentially walk by your home and you smell it. And that is personal, right? That's personal. But I, I, that's how close I was. And we stayed there for two weeks. We, so many people. You make it sound like you had a great time. But no, it was tough. We had a good time. It was definitely tough. The drills and stuff. I can't wait to see that. The drills was like probably the hardest thing. Is there like a prospect for you? Nah, eat right. This nigga funny as shit, bro. We talking about ordering pizza. I was just working on my way. That's how I mean, we got made to it. I don't know what he was working on, but I was working on it. Where's your ring at? Are you engaged? <laughs> I can't 
can't tell you yet. You're just wearing a gadget ring on your But we definitely look together. But you'll be able to see everything in the boot camp. And it's going to be so much fun. Um, but we are Okay. <laughs> so, you have intentions of getting married? No, I the Oh, yeah. Do you have a timeline or not? Not yet. Um, the end of this year. Oh. By the end of this year. Which would mean you're already planning, which would mean you're engaged. You get him? I don't even know. He's, he's doing a lot more planning this day today. Okay. It's funny how the tables when you stopped chasing, you would like, no. Oh, my time is up. You be getting the food stamp, though? Yeah. So, Justin, how is parenting going? He's been to Three meals a day, Mexican world champion in the
Yeah. <laughs> I've done all the celebrating for three years, haven't I? There's not much more I can do in my life with uh, celebrating. I think I'll just go and have a couple of glasses of water, and uh, that's it, really. We're going to go out tonight, baby, Hakkasan! <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely well done, Thank you very much. All the best. You said you were going to do it. No one believed you. Everyone thought that you was playing. I'm a bluffer, aren't I? Game player. What have I been saying for the last six months? Everyone, I told everybody I was going to knock him out. And nobody listened. Here we are. Knocked. I knocked out a knockout king. And I can't punch. Can't crack an egg, can I? Two feather dusters, these are. Terrible. What do you remember about the knockdowns? Don't drink no more water. None of that. I don't remember anything. It was all a blur. That was it. I remember knocking him down a few times, hitting him with the body shot, knocking him down. It was what it was. It was a great fight. I lived up to all the hype, and things rarely do, but every time I say I'm going to do something, I always do it, and I have done it. And I've delivered again. And, you know, big shout-out to everyone who watched me on TV around the world. A big shout-out to every fan who came over here. I felt like I was I was at home here tonight. It was 99% Tyson Fury crowd in America, in Las Vegas. This is the home of the Gypsy King. Um, thank you to everyone who came, you know. We can't really say much about the yeah. <laughs> Your idea? My idea, as always, one entrance, entrance fit for a king. <laughs> um, which other champion in history would come out to Patsy Klein? Crazy. Crazy. Crazy nutcase like me would do. Nice one. Tyson, the third match with uh, Deontay Wilder, is it something that will possibly happen? Well, he's got a rematch clause in the contract, but, well, you know, he's only just had his loss and I've just had my victory. I'm not concentrating on other fights, who cares? Let me have my victory. Let me enjoy the spoils of war. Come on. Everyone's going to ask you about Joshua now as well. No one's going to ask me about Joshua because he could have been here tonight, but he didn't. I took this chance. I come over here. I took over America and that's it. I'm going to enjoy the spoils of war and uh, enjoy well, myself tonight and uh, that's it. Take place now. Wilder was a bum now you beat him. He's a bum now. Wilder's no good. That's what they'll say. You know, I beat Klitschko in Germany. I beat Deontay Wilder in Los Angeles. Come back and done it again in Las Vegas. Say no more. Two-time Ring Magazine champion of the world. Only second man in history. WBC heavyweight champion. And lineal heavyweight champion of the world. Number one, baby. That's it. Thank you, mate.
I say that. Every puncher has their day. I'm not just talking about a guy that can punch, but also about. I'm talking about a guy who builds your reputation on what the power, fear, intimidation. That works until it doesn't work. You gotta work other aspects of your game and your team. They gotta challenge you and say, look, man, you gotta fire me. I'm going to pick your game apart. Because one day somebody's not going to get that script. Somebody's not going to lay down. At 35, can he really go back and make those improvements still? It's going to be tough. Psychologically, it's going to be tough. Uh, psychologically, psychologically, it's going to be tough. Because the whole house is built from one thing. Having your way. You know, not to not to try and you know make excuses for Deontay, but was was it maybe a too quick a turnaround from the Ortiz fight? I'm not, Did that? Uh huh. Sometimes 
on this journey that there are often serious mental roadblocks along the way. Now one of the most powerful roadblocks that a woman will encounter on her feminine journey Mindset. And if a woman wants to have sustainable and continued a feminine success and hypergamous success and success with high value men, at some point in your internal journey, ladies, a shift in having a mindset of abundance must be made. Otherwise, you may achieve a feminine presentation on the outside and on the surface and with your looks, but on the inside where feminine won't match and it won't align. And another thing that I want to speak on briefly is that many women think and believe that feminine elevation is about spending money that they don't have. And although money is required in some instances with feminine elevation and feminine education, ladies, real feminine change comes from men. Now, femininity is a change in your mindset and your attitude. Uh, femininity is an energy and a frequency and a vibration. Uh, femininity is not about the amount of money that you have to get Botox or a BBL or a Brazilian butt lift and getting your moves done. Femininity is about using feminine principles to get what we want out of men. And femininity is also the reward of feminine self-ownership and putting down the burden of masculinity. Uh, femininity is its own reward and oftentimes has been and everything to do with personal happiness and personal satisfaction. Now, a poverty mindset is basically a person who fundamentally believes in lack and scarcity. And a person who believes in lack is basically a person who has a very abundant mindset and imagination when it comes to believing in abundance, more expansion, more growth. And more importantly, a person who has a poverty mindset is often blind to possibilities and opportunities. And in my opinion, a person who believes that the glass is always half empty, that is the negative energy of a person that I call a non-believer. And a non-believer is a person who is more emotionally invested in their faith and in their belief. And a non-believer will always engineer themselves to be small and they will What's the latest? others the ball got hit, the um the whistleblower. Now there are some distinctions that Trump got pulled like that between poverty and having a poverty mindset. Niggas get right out of here, high side. Difference, right? There is a distinct difference between these two terms. Poverty in and of itself and having a poverty mindset is not one. Could you deal with that type of power? Poverty is the status or stature or circumstances Kill with by which you were born in. Yeah. But nobody <laughs> can change the circumstances. Not that level. <laughs> You're a little boss, though. I ain't gonna give you. I give you that. You're definitely an uptown boss. You know what I mean? Little boss, but you're a boss. You know what I'm saying? You know, you definitely probably can trust me. Little boss. You definitely a boss, though. You the best old lady to lay the blueprint up here. Out of all of them, you laid a good blueprint. Rich people. Who's up there? Oh, there. It's the same block. 
mindset. What's the difference? Your expectations the difference. for yourself are lower than low. Smarter than and with a poverty mindset, you are trying to treat yourself not only as a person, but as a person. Yo, you funny as shit. Wow, they got the swag on here. I Deal with your own for kids, yo. Is based on expansion. You be dealing with women with kids? Yeah. It be short or be ma- mainstream? No, I'm talking about women with kids. You, you ever wiped a woman with kids? A cage and a box. And a negative mindset and a negative You gotta have a bag to take care of your kids. That's a good ending though. Yeah, but that's a good ending though. It ain't a bad middle age ending. <laughs> Yeah. Because other than that, like you're not going you can, but like you got options, but like that's some solid base shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you be chilling, you be playing your part, bro. Mr. Pendleton. Mr. Pendleton. Yeah. 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 You show love. That was good. That was good money. As you should, man. Got an Aries, John. Pentagon Mall, Union Station, but you got to go to the harbor and get some seafood though. Baltimore got the best seafood? That's what I heard. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. 
Yeah, Yo, you funny as hell, man. Yeah. So how you feeling, man? You can see the rest of, the rest of your life with that? I got a good way. No marriage boot camp. No marriage boot camp. What you be thinking of the people that go on there? They ain't got the control over the girl, or they ain't got the right girl? Hey, bring you going to show? To live a great life. And to yourself every day. I've been big on that, though. That's Yo, you right though. You gotta, you gotta, I mean, you chillin' like, you, she happy, you lucky to have a good dawn like you, man. I mean, other niggas be crazy and shit, you know what I'm saying? You like a smooth dude, you relax and mellow. Yeah. Yeah. Max Kellerman, Molly, 
I'm very fond of Deontay Wilder. I've spoken to him on several occasions, you know, away from the boxing arena, whatever. I really, really like him. So I hope that he accepts what I'm about to say in the spirit that it's given. This might be the most embarrassing excuse that I've ever heard <laughs> for a guy losing the fight. I am not questioning its validity, Max. I'm not saying that it may not be true. I'm not questioning it. He's an honorable dude. I will take him at his word. But my God, this is just not something you publicize. The outfit that you wore to the ring wearing over 40 pounds is why you think you lost this fight? What the hell you wear it to the ring for? According to the reports, you tried it on the night before. You knew how much it weighed at that particular moment in time. Why would you do that? Why would you go, I understand it's Black History Month and all of that. You know, honor everybody by going in the ring and winning. Not by going in the ring with an outfit on, for crying out loud. That ain't what wins you fight, okay? So why, and if you're going to wear something, wear the same thing you always wore. As opposed to something this different, experimenting in the biggest fight of your career. That's number two, Max. Number three, he just got beat up. He got beat up. Now, I give him credit. I didn't see. I thought his legs were going in the first round. He says by the round, end of round two, my legs were going. I thought it was going in the first round. He just looked out of it. No question. But to publicize this excuse, it's nothing short of embarrassing. And then when you hear it, Max, you want to get rid of Mark Breland, your trainer, because, you know, you're hearing that he was listening to some fight in the crowd. and all this Deontay Wilder, I don't know if anybody's told you this. I thought the fight should have been stopped two rounds early. I thought they could have stopped it in the fifth. I thought they could have stopped it in the sixth. I thought Mark Reeland waited too long. <laughs> so when you say that, he's probably not going to be in your corner. And then you read the quote. Listen to this quote, Max and Molly. I'm going out on my shield. I'm a warrior. If I say I'm willing to kill a man in the ring, then I'm willing to abide by that same principle as a warrior to die in the ring. Um, Deontay Wilder. That's not what the trainer's supposed to be about. The trainer's <laughs> supposed to be about not just training you, but saving you. I mean, I mean, what is it, Eddie Fresh Max with, with Joe Frazier against uh, yep. Ali? And, and Ali's let him 15th come, round uh, thriller in the middle wouldn't let him out. And, would have let him, he, and what did he say? He said, I care too much about this man and his family to let him go out for that last round. That's not the trainer's job to sit up there and let you die on your ship. He's supposed to protect you. So that's all I wanted to say about it, Max. Floor is yours. First of all, I want to address the Breland thing. Breland probably did the right thing. And, but but, I, but I, I see Deontay's point. He could be mad. Hey, I have a, I'm a huge puncher. I'm willing to die, is what he's really saying, to be great. And in, in this is not a prelim. This is a heavyweight championship of the world, right? So you the, usually the trainer will give you a little more latitude. That said, you're right. The fight could have also been stopped. I understand if Breland would have waited a little more. I also understand if he would have stopped it before he did. You're right. It depends what your your tolerance is for a fighter's risk in a championship in a heavyweight championship fight. Um, that's not a popular opinion I have, and I'm usually the one screaming for a fight to be stopped if a guy's taking punishment. But I think that context matters, and that um, in boxing especially, to be great, you have to take great risk with your health. And I think fighters are allowed to say, I want to dare to be great. 
but you're right, the trainer's there to protect him. That's not a fireable offense, what Breland did. <laughs> Certainly not. He probably did save him um, future kind of health issues when he when he stopped the fight when he did. Okay. It's a bad look, Stephen A. It, and you're right, it's hilariously bad to blame it on your costume, even if you think that's true. And Deontay's the type of dude who afterwards said, look, the better man won tonight. No excuses, but he said no excuses right after he gave this excuse about his legs. And the reason I think he did it is the same reason that Muhammad Ali, who took the first loss against Frazier very well, but also said, hey, I thought I won more rounds in that fight. He didn't. Or Julio Cesar Chavez after he got a lucky draw against Pernell Whitaker, who really beat him. I'm talking about undefeated fighters who couldn't really accept the fact that they'd been beaten, that the other guy was better than them. Deontay is so proud. He's going into ego protection. He's looking for reasons he lost because his brain can't accept that dude's better than me. And the way the fight went down, Stephen A., there's no reason for a third fight. Everyone knows Tyson Fury's better. Does anyone think Deontay's going to win? Now, we'll be on pins and needles because that's how hard Deontay hits. He always has that puncher's chance. But no one's going to be picking Deontay in a third fight. And it was so thorough a beating that now his, his ego, I think, he needs to, he's grasping stuff. Do you know Emmanuel Stewart, who's whose nephew trained yes. Tyson Fury for this fight, Sugar Hill. Emmanuel Stewart used to tell me, and he believed it, that the reason Tommy Hearns lost to Marvin Hagler was he got a leg massage before the fight. Emmanuel told him not to, so his legs were rubbery. And I used to be like, come on, Emmanuel. Like, but he believed it because it, sometimes it's, it's trainers too. They have so much invested in being the better guy and winning. They're so right. competitive that they grasp for straws. This is Deontay grasping for straws. But it's one thing to grasp for straws. <laughs> straws back it's another thing to publish publicize that crap <laughs> oh, mm. Mm. Damn. fucked up the jaw like the jaw this outpost is in danger from the first order I paid a severe price because my legs were how they were because of my uniform. My uniform was... In winning, they're so right. competitive that they grasp for straws. This is Deontay grasping it, for it, straws. But it's, it, it's one thing to grasp for, for straws. It's another thing to publicize that grasping for straws. I mean, my God. Deontay... A Wilder is, he's got a nuclear for a right hand. He's always got a punch's chance. This is his first loss. There's no question. Love Deontay Wilder, but you cannot come out publicly and blame a costume. You can't do that. Embarrassing. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For more sports highlights and analysis, be sure to download the ESPN app. And for live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN Plus. Mm -hmm.